You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Good morning, Hill City. It's so good to see those of you that braved the snow and and got here for church this Sunday. I'm so happy to see you guys. Uh, Yeah, I just like Peter, I was a little surprised uh, to see the snow out there. And I weighed, I was like, "Eh, do I have to go? And then I remembered I was preaching and I was like, Josh could do it. Josh could do it. (laughs) Anyways, I'm happy to see you guys here. I'm happy to be here. Um, and it just so happens that unlike Peter, who's uh, Scrooge over there, Christmas is one of my favorite times of the year by far. So I'm happy to be bringing the word of God as we approach Christmas. It's the best. So I'm going to go ahead and pray for us and then we will jump in uh, to the message today. Jesus, happy birthday month. Thank you so much for bringing us together, Lord. God, I pray that you prepare our hearts, everyone sitting here, my heart included, to hear from you, God, to hear what you have to say, to hear the joy that you have to bring into the world, to hear the hope that is in your name, God, to hear the might that is who you are. God, we look forward to hearing from you today, and we just praise you with everything that we've got. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in the middle of a series called He Shall Be Called. This is based on a prophecy given in Isaiah. And last week we talked about how uh, God, uh, Jesus specifically, is the wonderful counselor and what it means for him to be that wonderful counselor. Today, we're going to be talking about Jesus as mighty God. And that is very exciting. I'm going to keep it very simple today. I don't have a ton of stuff to write down. I don't have a ton of notes. I have one verse And we're going to talk about how that verse impacted the world and how it impacts you. So, if you guys have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. Look at that. It's the exact same verse from last week. Oh, this is fun. We're going to be in this this verse for two more weeks after today. So, uh, get familiar with it. It is important. It actually contains a ton of really hopeful, really great information that we can use to get to know Jesus better. So, If you want to put that up on the screen, we're going to go ahead and read this today. Verse 6 says, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but All of those are capitalized, right? Grammar lesson, when do we capitalize something? Proper noun. These are not just descriptions. These are not just little little descriptions thrown out that Isaiah is saying, hey, something good is coming down, I promise you. God's going to send something good for you, right? These are not just descriptions. These are titles. These are titles. So last week when Josh talked about Jesus being a wonderful counselor, It's not wonderful because, gosh, he's right up there with some wonderful things. No, Jesus defines wonderful in his being. 
And just like that today, God is not mighty because he fits the attributes of what we think of as mighty. God himself defines what it means to be mighty. There is nothing truly mighty unless it is God. We're going to talk about what that meant to the people that Isaiah was giving this prophecy to. We're going to talk about how that that meaning sort of came into its full life and its full form on the night of Jesus' birth. We're going to talk about how that might impacts you today. So I want to give a little bit of background on Isaiah. When Isaiah was written, the Israelites, the people of God, the chosen people of God, they're in a rough spot, right? Captivity and exile, so many of them were turning away from God and worshiping other gods in, in the lands that they'd gone to because guess what? That's easier. It makes you fit in, you blend in, you don't get too much attention, and hey, you don't get beat anymore or spit on, right? They were turning away from God, generation after generation. They had just watched kings, the people that lead them, the people that are supposed to be an example of God's might and protection, turn away from God and follow other idols and, and other just lies that the world has thrown at them. They're hopeless. They're looking around, those that still believe in God, still, still believe that, that they are his chosen people, they're looking around and saying, how? This doesn't make sense. This is not what chosen looks like. We are hopeless. We are hurting. We don't see how God could possibly intervene in this situation. And then Isaiah comes in and tells them this. A child is born. A son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, those Israelites that hear this, they're thinking about their entire history, right? History lesson for you guys, biblical history lesson. God did incredible things in his time leading the Israelites. In the Israelites' time following God, I should say. Incredible things. Uh, starting with speaking the world into being, right? That was pretty incredible. Pretty mighty, if you ask me. He led them out of slavery. He split the seas in front of them and walked them, let them walk through on dry land. As they're looking around like, ooh, Moses, good job. And Moses is like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I just did what he told me to. He's stronger than I thought. He led them in battle and had the sun stand still in the sky so that they could continue to fight and continue to win. I want you to imagine being an Israelite uh, going into battle, taking the, the promised land that God had promised to your people. You're standing there. You're ready to fight and die for what you believe. And right next to you is marching these people that don't have any weapons, and they're carrying this thing that looks like a casket, right? It's covered in gold, angels on top. And you're looking at them like, ooh, they're in the front lines. They're probably going first. They don't even have anything to defend themselves. And all of a sudden, lightning starts coming off of this, this arc, and the, the enemy gets so confused and so terrified that they run away and you just storm through and win. That's the might that the Israelites are remembering. Because that's what God did. He won, he won battles for them. He led armies, and, and he conquered for Israel. So when these Israelites in captivity are hearing, Mighty God, they're thinking, Yes! Finally! Someone's going to come back and lead a charge. Someone's going to come and rescue us. 
by the sword, by the bow, by the spear, we are going to take back what is ours. Mighty God is going to save us. It's coming. There is hope again. But a child is born. It's a little confusing for them. A child is not going to lead an army. A child is not going to to banish the oppressing forces that they were under. A child doesn't really speak to that might that they are expecting, that might that they've heard stories of. We know better because we have a little bit more context. See, in a few weeks, we're going to sit down and celebrate the birth of that child. That child being Jesus. For those of you that have not caught up yet, that's who we're talking about. And I want you to understand that this this child, this Jesus, he's not mighty for the the massive battles that he's won. He's not mighty for the the countries that he's led and and the, the dominion that he's had over them. He's mighty because in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection, he paved the way for a relationship with God. See, I want to think back to those Israelites. They were thinking about the generations and generations and generations of turning away from God, of sin, of disobedience. And they're thinking, there's no way to get back. There's no way to get back to that favor of God. There's no way to get back to that glory that God is, the promise and the hope that God had for us. There's no way to get back. And in Jesus, he wiped it away. He said, you don't understand. It's not about that. It's not about the the disobedience that you've done. It's not about the sin that has taken over your lives. It's about me. It's about what I am doing here on this earth. When he looks at the paralyzed man and he forgives his sins, and the Pharisees look at him and think, you can't do that. He says, oh, really? It's pretty easy. I can even tell him to walk and he'll walk. Because guess what? I can. I have the authority to forgive sins. And I'm going to use that for all mankind. And they still didn't get it. I still didn't understand that this Jesus, this man, this humble carpenter, was truly the definition of mighty itself. They didn't understand that what he was doing was paving a way for us to go from from sinful and downtrodden people to people that are in relationship with God. For people that are not hampered by our, our sin anymore, we are free people. We are released to chase after God, to chase after the vision that he has for our lives, to chase the hope that he has for our lives. And they didn't get it at the time. And when Jesus was up on that cross, they thought, well, there it goes entirely. We believed, and now he's gone. So much for mighty, right? And three days later, Jesus rose from the dead and gave them true might. Death, no more. I've beaten it. I've won. Sin and grave, no more. 
You follow me, you have eternal life. That is might. To give that truly to people who ask for it, that is might. He's the very definition of mighty. And I think sometimes, I know in my life, I've fallen into that same ideology that the, the Israelites had when Isaiah first told them, hey, there's hope. I remember when I was in high school deciding, you know what, I'm going to serve God with everything I've got. And just a few years after that, I had messed up to the point where I said, guess not. I'm going to sit over here in the back of the church. I'll listen. That's going to be for others. They get, to, they get to get up there and serve. They get to you know, really follow Jesus. He saved my soul. I believe that. But everything else, I'm just, you know, it's not really strong enough to redeem in this life. And I was really wrong because shortly after that, God walked me through this. He said, I pulled generations and generations and generations of sin down and in its place gave hope and redemption. I can do that for you. Follow me again. Don't trust me just for the salvation of your soul for, for the end of your life. No, no, trust me in today. Trust me to redeem you today. Trust me to give you a path to relationship with God today and every day from now on. And I didn't get it. It took me going around the world on a mission trip, just trying to understand what it looks like for a sinful person to still serve and pursue God to get it. And guess what? I'm standing up here and I'm still, still a sinful person. I wish I wasn't, but I am. And I still pursue God every day because I believe that God is mighty enough to beat whatever sin is in me. I believe that God is mighty enough to conquer whatever obstacles may be in my life. I might not be. He absolutely is. If you've ever had that thought, that feeling of, you know what? God just can't redeem what's in my life. Maybe it's, it's generations of, you know what? My parents weren't believers. My grandparents weren't believers. My great-grandparents weren't believers. And I don't know if I, can, if I can truly be a follower of Christ. I need you to understand that God is mighty. And he can do that. It might be, you know what, I've turned my back on God one too many times after he's called my name. He's called me to follow him. He's called me to serve him. I have said no too often. God can't redeem all of that. No, guess what? Uh, he's the definition of mighty. He died and rose again for you, for me. If he conquered his grave, your life is no problem for him. If you're in that spot, if you're, if you're wondering, is God mighty enough? I dare you to ask him. Ask him. Give him the chance to prove it. Give him the chance to, to show you his might. And if you're at that spot where, you know what, you believe, you know he is, and you just want to give him that chance, this is our baptismal. 
we use this, we hope to use this on a very regular basis for those situations. For when people say, you know what, I have, I've gotten so over living my life for me. I'm so over it. I'm so sick of where the sin has gotten me, where the, the emptiness has gotten me. And I want the hope of Jesus. And I truly believe that he is mighty enough to overcome my own life and give me his instead. Guess what? This is ready for you. It is ready for that public declaration that you believe that Christ lived and died and rose again, forgiving your sins. So if that's where you are, I want you to find one of the leaders after service. I want you to, to come up to us. It could even be just be after this message during worship, and we will get you baptized as soon as humanly possible. Because Jesus is mighty enough to overcome your sin, my sin, the sins of the world, and still have glory to keep on giving. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that was promised. And while they might not have understood it at the time, we understand better now. And we're still learning, which is beautiful. But that is the God that we serve, the mighty God. So as we continue in this service, I'm going to invite Mike and Rachel back up. And we are going to, to lean in and worship that mighty God. Will you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for, for your birth. Thank you for showing us what might really is, God. For your death on the cross, for your resurrection. God, let us lean in. Let us learn more about how strong you are in our lives, God. Whatever obstacles there are, Lord, deal with them yourself in your way. God, I pray that you bring others in and we may show them through the stories we tell how mighty you are, God. And Lord, I pray that as we leave this place, we have a better understanding of you. And I pray that we are on the lookout for ways that you have your might on display, God, so that we can know you better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church.